What's up, Badger fans? Let's talk some stock up after the Minnesota game, plus get into your thoughts. Am I crazy about the running back room? Biggest offseason needs. Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every single day. For all the everydayers out there, thank you for making this one of your first listens. I really do appreciate it. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings, and let's let's talk about it. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code Lockdown College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Get great ticket prices at Game Time. All right, let's start with this. I want to start with stock up because I'm still feeling the buzz of the the Minnesota game, the Minnesota victory, right? The getting the axe back, and I want to just continue talking about some stock up players from that game. I'm going to start with, this isn't even a player. I'm going to start with Coach Fickle. Stock up. Now, it's not stock up from where we started the year to now. Like, that's stock down, if we're being honest. Right? That's, we expected more this year. Fair or not, they expected more. Right? They they talked about championships. They they, they didn't talk about seven and five. Um, but from where we were a couple weeks ago, from where we were before Saturday's game, it's stock up Coach Fickle. Like you beat Minnesota, something that we had failed to do the previous couple of years. You got the axe back. It's the biggest rivalry of the year. And you won by two touchdowns. And quite frankly, you could have punched another one in at the end if you wanted to. Stock up Coach Fickle. Also, stock up for embracing the rivalry, right? And by the way, if you're listening on the podcast and you hear the crackling, that is a real fire in the background. We got um, We got some crackling going on here. But, you know, in the locker room after the game, Coach Fickle talked about sinking the boat. Like, you you got to love a coach that embraces the rivalry because rivalries are fun. They're supposed to be fun. Don't don't ignore them. Don't pretend like they don't exist, like they don't mean more. I loved it. So, stock up Coach Fickle, really good game overall. We out-physicaled Minnesota, beat them up in the second half, clearly the better team, and a road win on in the Big Ten against a team who really needed it. So, all the way around, stock up Coach Fickle. Stock up Braylon Allen, right? I mean, listen, you're talking about a – I think he's gone. I've talked about that all year. I think Braylon Allen's gone. We're going to get into a comment addressing that coming up on the show. But I think he's done everything he needs to do this year. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he's ever wanted to come back. This has always been his plan. And to go out with that gritty game against Nebraska and then to have this game, right, to have a game where against your rival you put up almost 200 combined yards. He was the best player in the field. Uh, 26 carries, 26 carries. That's that's the type of workhorse effort that we've been asking for, that, that we needed from Braylon Allen. We needed him to kind of take the team, put it on his back, and, and push forward. And he did that. 26 carries, 165 yards, 6.3 per carry, two touchdowns. He also had three receptions for 27 yards. Again, he almost had 200 yards of, uh, from scrimmage. Best player in the field, stock up majorly Braylon Allen, especially from where we were three weeks ago, four weeks ago, this, this was a huge game. This was kind of putting the the cherry on the top of Braylon Allen's career at Wisconsin. And if you're going to go out, go out beating Minnesota, go out dominating Minnesota, go out being the best player on the field in a game to reclaim the ax hats off Braylon Allen. Let's go Uh, stock up offensive line. How many times this year have we talked about, Jack Nelson penalties, false starts, holding calls, bad snaps, uh, pass protection issue. It was pretty clean. Uh, I don't remember a penalty on the offense line. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't certainly not one from Jack Nelson like that. 
that was that was impressive. And then Braylon Allen had some real holes to run through. They did a great job. Um, for the most part, we didn't see any of the egregiously bad snaps that Tanner Bordellini's had for a lot of this year. Pass protection was super clean. Um, you you can compare and contrast to what Wisconsin's defense line was able to do to Ethan uh, Calicamakis. I will never be able to pronounce that name correctly. Um, but you 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 get hit all game. And our pass rush isn't that good, right? Minnesota's offense line was atrocious. Meanwhile, Wisconsin kept Mordecai upright, kept him clean, kept him, uh, gave him the time to kind of scan the field on some of those throws. Stock up offense line. Now, that's maybe the best performance of the year. And again, this this is not a great Minnesota team, but this has also been an inconsistent offensive line group. So to go out and put up about 200 yards of rushing to keep your quarterback upright, to have no procedural penalties, which you've had all year. It's a good way for the offensive line to close out a disappointing regular season. Again, none, none of this is changing the narrative that this year wasn't what we hoped for. It wasn't the year anybody hoped for, but it's it's still a great – I mean, it's as good a way to end it as you could. So stock up offensive line. <clears throat> stock up Rico Hallman. You know, I think he started the year really strongly, had a few struggles kind of middle of the season – but picked up his sixth interception. Uh, what a way to cap off a, a really good year for Ricardo Holman, who's already going to – like he's going to play a major part in next year's secondary as well. So stock up Ricardo Holman and stock up Atticus Bertrams. We talked about Bertrams a lot this year, and usually it's it's been a little bit – right? Like a little frustration here and there where we seemingly always run the wrong end of the punting game. Now some of that is because some of the punters we play, like Iowa's punter is ridiculous. Like – He's really good. Um, but Bertram struggled at times this year. But in this game, six punts, averaged 40 yards per punt, down three inside the 20. And, and most importantly, in a game where it was a little windy, but it was kind of snowy, it was cold, hit the punt six times. There was no shanks. There was no real bad punts. There was no mishandled anything. Like, he did his job. And I think we need to acknowledge the fact that field position was a big part of our win against Minnesota. And that's just that's a spot where Wisconsin has not always done well this year. They've struggled in those areas. So stock up Atticus Bertrams, stock up Rico Holm in the offensive line. Specifically, let's call out Jack Nelson. Nelson had a good game. Riley Mallman had a good game, especially as a run blocker. Like, it was a really solid offensive line game. It reminded you a little bit of old school Wisconsin. Like, they couldn't handle Braylon Allen running for almost 200 yards, controlling the clock, you know, breaking off some big runs off the gut. It, the formations look differently, but it, it looked kind of like old Wisconsin. The offensive line has played a big part in that, obviously. Uh, stock up Braylon Allen and stock up Coach Fickle, the coaching staff. Um, solid game plan. He still started. He still started behind. But uh, I think overall, that's kind of my stock up group. Let me know if you had anyone else stock up. I thought about Katie Akimeli, too, stepping in. Yeah, I mean, certainly having to fill a role with Aker out, with Malusi out. I thought he looked solid. Both the tight ends made some plays. Um, I would say Jordan Turner as well, if I'm going to throw one more in there, that – that punch out fumble, one of the biggest defensive plays of the game. Uh, that was really the last bit of hope that Minnesota had that catcher in the middle, Daniel Jackson. Uh, they still had some time in the game to make a late push. Jordan Turner hustling, coming up from behind, punching that ball out. That's really one of the plays of the game. That really, in my opinion, closed the door. So stock up Jordan Turner just baiting me based on that one play as well. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about offseason needs. Am I crazy for my take on the running back room? Talk about if we would have won these games with Braden Locke if he had been starting like we had hoped he would. We're like, I had thought he should have. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for friends of the show over at Game Time. Game Time is the absolute best place to go buy any ticket you need for concert, sports, theater, whatever it is. Go to Game Time because you don't have to plan months in advance. You get cheaper tickets. It's the easiest ticket buying process 
available in the marketplace. That's why they're the fastest growing ticket platform in North America because it's quick. It's easy. This is all people want, by the way. They want quick. They want easy. They want cheap. Game time checks every one of those boxes. That's why I use it. You get pictures of the seats before you buy the ticket. So you know exactly what your view is going to look like. There's no surprises. You get last minute flash sales and you don't have to plan months in advance. Plus, again, it's there for everything. It's not just a sports thing. Like so many other platforms are very specific. Whatever you want, you can buy those tickets on Game Time. Right now, go snake the tickets without distress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Again, that's download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. You are not going to regret it. It's the fastest, simplest, easy way to buy tickets game time. All right, let's keep going here. Let's continue talking about uh, some of your content, some of your comments, some of your thoughts. I wanted to make a big kind of wrap-up show, get a lot of your thoughts into this one, because this was a huge win. It was a huge win for a lot of people. Um, but comments kind of ranged all over the board from, eh, the season still kind of bad, to, yeah, okay, we got the axe, to focusing on next year. I want to just get into some of them. So let's start here. Uh, I think this is going from Bucky63 because – we didn't really talk about this. Oh, I shouldn't even say we didn't really. We definitely did talk about this. Bucky 63 said, 45-minute show, not a whiff about the volleyball team beating Nebraska who was undefeated. That's a great call, Bucky 63. Uh, thank you for writing in. So let's talk about it. Wisconsin is a volleyball school. Wisconsin is a women's hockey school, men's hockey school. Wisconsin is a dominant volleyball school. So Nebraska came in 27-0, undefeated, got swept. Got swept in Madison, sent back to Nebraska, sent back to Omaha, tails between their legs. What what an impressive performance. And Wisconsin pretty clearly was the, the best team there. So, yeah, hats off to the, the ladies, uh, the women's volleyball team, um, continuing an incredibly impressive season. They came into that, that match uh, fifth in the country. They're certainly going to raise up from there. Nebraska was number one. Those are the two. I They're probably going to meet again. Right, those two teams are dominant. Obviously, Nebraska won in Omaha. Uh, we won in Madison or Lincoln. I'm sorry, Nebraska won in Lincoln. We won in Madison. So, yeah, great. Hats off to the the ladies. Heck of a performance. Swept Nebraska. Let's go. Uh, let's get into another comment here from Bucky sixty three. Tanner missed a lot, but most of the receivers could not get separation either. Other than Pauling, the receivers mostly sucked. So. You're, you're kind of hitting on something I, I think I've talked about a lot of the year. I, it's not all on Tanner. It's not all on the receivers. It's not all on the offensive line. It's not all on Phil Longo. It all has to get better. It all has to get better, right? And we've talked about this. None of it was good enough this year. Um, you, didn't, you certainly didn't have receivers. Oftentimes you look down the field and there were receivers open, but other times you look and everybody's just Velcroed to defensive backs. And, you know, who's Tanner supposed to throw to? So, other place Tanner wouldn't wouldn't throw it like he would have a guy open, but maybe that's because he's used to he's not always ready to throw it right away because he isn't seeing separation consistently. So that's causing him to kind of second guess or our second or double clutch his throws. It, the bigger point is the whole offensive ecosystem, the whole passing game needs to get better. They need to upgrade at receiver a hundred percent. If you guys remember, we had a guy on in the offseason who talked about this Badgers receiver group. He's an outsider. He's a draft guy, John Vogel, and he talked about this receiver group. And we were all really high on it. And he said, yeah, it's good for Wisconsin, but it's nowhere as near as good as Ohio State's or the best teams in the country. Like, it has to get so much better. And it, it's true. We had Brian Smith on, the recruiting insider. You know, one of the, the most insightful things I thought he said is 
you can get the best quarterback here. And he mentioned, let's say Matt Toyer hits his ceiling. Maybe Matt Toyer hits his ceiling. He said, you're not going to do him. He's not going to look as good at Wisconsin as he is in the NFL because he's not going to have the receiver talent in Madison. Like, they have to fix that. The receivers have to get better. So a lot of people look at the quarterback. They look at, you know, maybe he's got to throw it quicker. He's got to be more decisive. He had, what, five touchdowns this year, six. All of that is true. None of that is good enough. But, man, the receivers have to get better. Because you look at the guys they brought in, Bryson Green didn't didn't play to the level that we'd hoped. Chimray DK had a disappointing year. Uh, C.J. Williams was kind of a non-factor. Skyler Bell had too many drops. I, just about every receiver this year, outside of Will Pauling, outside of Pauling, just about every receiver this year disappointed or just barely lived up to expectations. That's not good enough. How many of these receivers would be in the two deep at Ohio State? Maybe just Pauling. And let's be honest, probably not even Pauling, right? Not not at not at Ohio State. You know, so the talent level at that spot specifically, we talk about quarterback all the time, but the receiving spot, that's why I said that's one of my – I mentioned four spots in the portal. Receivers on my list. Like you have to go – you have to keep getting bodies in here until you find a guy. And I think it should be a little better next year. You'll have Pauling back. Hopefully CJ takes a step. Bryson Green can come back. I think Tretch could play next year. Um, I've liked what I've seen from Quincy Burroughs and Vinny Anthony, but <clears throat> you got to get more talent there. The receivers – have to win more than they have, and they have to make the job of the quarterback season. And, and that's not even to mention the, the multitude of drops that we talked about this year. The receivers weren't good enough this year, and Bucky's completely right. Tanner gets more of the blame for that, but the receivers weren't good enough either. So that's a good point. Bob Milborn says we need to get a linebacker who can cover a receiver. Yeah, it's a huge hole in this defense. You can't – you can see it when you're playing <clears throat> Turner, Muma, Getz, Peterson. None of those guys are fluid in coverage. None of them. Um, the, the best defenses have – a couple of those linebackers who can rush the passer, who can drop out into like a little hook zone, who can cover a receiver on an arrow route or a wheel route, who can cover a tight end, who can stretch the seam down the and run with them with four, six speed and go up and contest a pass. Who, who of our guys can do that? Now, I think, I think Christian Allegro can, right? We didn't see it a lot, but he has the athletic tools to do it. Um, if you're looking at the depth chart, I, I think Tyler Jancy could be a guy athletically who can do it. We got to see it. Anelli Lafele is coming in. He's not going to be that guy. Like he's going to be more just put, you know, north and south, put the hand in the dirt. And I think he's athletic enough, but I don't think he's necessarily great. Going to be great in open space. Um, Heiberger in a couple of years could be that guy, but there's a hole there. There's a hole there on this defense with the linebacker group uh, and teams were, have exploited us with it. You've seen teams exploit us with it. So they got to either <clears throat> internally develop guys to do that, or it's, it's going to have to be, a, a guy they bring in the portal and that's difficult to do because those line finding linebackers that can do that, <clears throat> that can play downhill and also cover. Those are NFL guys. And those guys are hard to find in the portal. So I agree, Bob. That is absolutely a spot. They, they need to figure out. They need to find some guys who can fill that role, but it's hard to do. I think on the current roster, I think Allegro is a guy that can do it. I think Heiberger, whether or not he's going to be ready next year, I think he, He's a guy that could potentially do it. If we're looking at this recruiting class, Raphael Dunn is that 6'4", kind of 210-pound werewolf. Uh, he could play all over the field. He could end up being a safety, a linebacker. He's the type of hybrid athlete that when you start pairing him with a high burger and on a leg row, you start to get a lot of length and versatility on the field. So he could be a guy that does it as well, potentially. But now we're counting on true freshmen, and that's really difficult to do. So it's not going to all get fixed right away is my bigger point. <clears throat> 
Uh, Badger Pat says, Locke is the smartest guy in the room and has a good arm. I can't believe we were starting to bail on him because of his inexperience. By the end of the summer, he will be really good. Um, let me take a quick drink here. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, no, he, he could definitely be really good, Badger Pat. Uh, and I don't think I'm bailing on him. I'm just saying my bigger point is I don't think he has the ceiling that's, that some other players may have. And I don't think we saw enough to say we don't need to go get more help at the quarterback spot. That's all I'm saying. He, he could still be the guy. <clears throat> like, I, I like I like a lot of things about Locke. I, I think he has moxie. Uh, I think he'll stand in there and take a hit. I think he's generally pretty accurate. He knows the offense. These are He's he's solid between the years. That, that's the most important part of playing quarterback anyway. Uh, he comes from a high level of Texas football. He's a four-star guy. He was recorded by, recruited by Mike Leach. Like, I like so much about, about Braden Locke, but – at the end of the day, he had a bit of an audition. It wasn't a fair audition. Like he was thrown in the middle of a season, having to play in Iowa and Ohio State and some really tough teams. So he, ha- but he had a bit of an addition, and he didn't take the bull by the horns. And that's kind of how this sport works. When you get your shot, whether it's fair or not, if you don't take the bull by the horns, you know teams are going to keep looking for. It's not to say they don't they won't keep giving you a chance either, but they're going to keep looking for the answer until they find the answer. And I just don't know if we know Locke is the answer yet. So. Maybe he is. Uh, like I, I, I've always said I cheer for all of them, right? Like I, I, whoever becomes the guy, I hope he absolutely crushes it. And if it's Locke, I hope he crushes it. He's got attributes of a successful quarterback, but he's always going to be a little limited because he's not the biggest and he's not the fastest. And if you're a six-foot quarterback that doesn't have great mobility, boy, you, you better be elite with the arm. It is – or with the decision-making, right? You you have to be elite at those other things. You have to be like Brock Purdy. You have to be just so, so good with the anticipatory throws, so good with the touch. Um, and I'm not sure if Locke is that guy. I'm not saying he's not, but we need to see. So I hope he is by the end of summer. Like you said, he'll be really good. That would be amazing for the Badgers. Uh, I'm definitely not out on Locke. I'll say that. But I am in on we need more competition in the quarterback room and let the best player rise to the top. That's where I'm at. Marty says, uh, I love that Fickle said their goal was to sink the boat in the postgame locker room. I agree. I mentioned this in the first segment, Marty. I 100% agree. I love a coach who embraces the rivalry. Right? Like, hate Minnesota. right? You want to endear yourself to Badger fans? You want to generate more excitement? Talk some crap about P.J. Fleck and the Gophers. Uh, I'm all about it. That's what rivalries are about. And it, there's so many coaches who don't embrace it, who, who want to play nice to the other team. I'm not saying, like, start petty nonsense, but... It's the Axe. It's Minnesota. Like, the heck with them. Yeah, sink the boat. Way to go, Flack. Or Fickle, sorry. Way to go, Fickle. I absolutely love that. Uh, Will Hanna says, we would lose both the games if Locke would have started. So, talking about the Nebraska and the Minnesota game. I think you're probably right. Well, I mean, it's impossible to say. I, I would have liked to have seen Locke get some more reps against lesser competition. You remember, a lot of his reps came against Ohio State. They came against Iowa. Um, he also played Illinois, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right, though. You know, those two games, specifically, I mean, really both of them, specifically Nebraska. Uh, Mordecai, with his legs and his, his just composure, gave Nebraska fits. And I don't know if you could would have expected Braden Locke to be better in those moments. Also did a great job taking care of the ball. You know, outside of a, a, the halftime kind of Hail Mary interception, Braden, our Tanner Mordecai did an excellent job protecting the football, not fumbling, not making dumb decisions, not putting his team in a bad spot. So in, in that sense, you know, maybe that was the perfect quarterback to finish out the year. And I, in that sense, I was probably wrong. Like I wanted Braden Locke, but it's hard to argue with the fact that Tanner Mordecai went 2-0 down the stretch. 
right? Like I get, I get things wrong. And certainly, certainly Braden Locke's not doing better than two and O down the stretch. So yeah, uh, the coaching staff was probably right on that one. And you got to respect, like I said, we've talked about the, some of the inconsistency with the throwing game in relation to Mordecai, but you got to respect the guts. You got to respect the legs. You got to respect the will to win. And he brings all of those to the table. So hats off to Mordecai. All right. We're going to take a quick break for friends of the show. Come back. Talk about Nick Evers a little bit. Plus, um, we're going to talk about where do we need the most help in this team. All that coming up on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. And listen, as the weather gets colder, football continues to roll along. The NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks back if your team wins. That's incredible. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to do it. There's no better time to get into the action. And again, I've talked about FanDuel. This is this is the perfect betting app with your parlays, futures, teasers, everything you want. You want to just do simple, simple money line bets. It's all there from the simplest to the co- most complex 17-team parlays that you can put together and that I often do to try to, to try to hit it big. I love the parlays. I love the teasers. It's all there on FanDuel. You know, I still have my futures bet on the Niners winning a Super Bowl. Brock, Joe Montana, Purdy is going to get us there. I have faith. Uh, my son's bet's looking a little iffy because apparently Bradley Beal has the back of an 87-year-old shopkeeper. Doggone it. <laughs> but that being said, I still do it all on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel is the official betting partner of the NFL, and they have that great $150 uh, free bets if your money line hits. Go to fanduelcom slash lockdown. You will not regret it. <clears throat> uh, let's, let's keep going here. Again, this show is mostly just your comments because we're all kind of riding that Minnesota high, but we all have questions about the future. We all have frustrations. And I think this is a great time to get together and just kind of talk about them, chopping them up. So this is the next one here. Uh, this is, I forget who this is from, but he said, I'm so sick of people talking about Evers. He couldn't beat out Marshall Howe, Miles Burkett. He is absolutely terrible. That doesn't magically fix itself because of tools. What's between your ears is the most important. So let me start with the last part there. What's between your ears is the most important as a quarterback. That is true. I 100% agree. As far as I'm so sick of people talking about Evers, people are always going to talk about the guy that's the biggest, fastest with the strongest arm. It's it's no different in any other sport, right? If you, if you look at the NBA draft leading up to it, people are going to be talking about the wing with a 41-inch vertical. Like, because fans, we always... We always, I shouldn't say we always, but typically fans are looking at the upside. What if this guy hits? It's the same thing in minor league baseball. You'll have a lefty who throws 91 to 93 with great control, and fans are going to be excited about the guy, the righty who throws 97 but can't find the strike zone because they're like, well, what if he hits? And he probably won't. But that's why fans talk about Evers. I get that you're sick of it, but he's going to keep getting talked about because he's going to keep running a 4-5 with a cannon R and he's 6-4. Um, I've talked about him a lot. Again, I, I find it frustrating that we can't find a package for him. I've, I've said that a lot. In times where our offense has struggled, he might be the best athlete we can put out on there on the field. I It frustrates me a little bit that we can't find any type of package there. But, again, I'm not at practice. Maybe they've tried it. It hasn't worked. Um, but they're going to keep talking about him. He's got one more offseason. Listen, if he doesn't make a move this offseason, though, going into next year, that will be it for, for Nick Evers. I, I already don't really think he's going to play at Wisconsin. I just – I, you look at the depth chart, you look at who's ahead of him, who's past him, you look at who's coming. Like, if he doesn't make a move really quick, 
he's not going to climb this step chart for whatever take what for whatever reason, right? Whether it's uh, the scheme doesn't fit him, whether he can't pick it up, whatever whatever it is, he better make a move quick. But people are going to keep talking about him because he's an athletic freak show, and those are the guys that can level the playing field against the teams with more talent, right? You have to hit on one of those guys because Ohio State gets those guys a lot. Georgia gets those guys. J.J. McCarthy's that type of guy in Michigan. So people are going to keep talking about him. <clears throat> Keppel says, good win. I predicted 7-5 and five in August, and that's what happened. Largely a disappointing season. The level play was low. Still, they kept the bull streak alive. 100% agree with all this. Um, I mean, not I certainly didn't predict 7-5, and five, but I agree with the rest of what Keppel said here. He has been more realistic on this team, so had tip there. I agree it was a disappointing season. Uh, I absolutely agree. And, you know, the last two weeks have been wins, and we've been exciting about excited about that. But in the larger scheme of the season, yeah, it's it's been a disappointing year, 100%. Um, but Akefa was also dead on. He kept the bowl streak alive. I, that's not trivial to me. It's the third longest active bowl streak in, in college football. That means something. Those bowl practices mean something. Going to a bowl game means something. Having a winning year means something. So agree with just about everything Akefa says here. He was basically dead on with his predictions for this team. I was way too high. Commandant says we could use help at every position, but I would not count on the portal for much help. Just look at last year. Yeah, it's true. Uh, how many of those those portal guys we were really excited about made a big impact this year? Not enough of them. Now, you still got to go mining, right? You still have to to go try to plug holes because the portal's there and other teams are going to do it. But you have to – and Commandant went on to say this team is going to be built through recruiting. That's what Luke Fickle has also said. That's what the recruiting department has said. And it has to be because you're not – at the toughest positions, you're not going to find enough answers on the defensive line in the transfer portal. You're just not. Those guys are too hard to find, and the really good ones that hit that market are too expensive. They, I'm just saying, they they are just too difficult to get at Wisconsin. So you have to hit them in, in recruiting. You have to bring in three to four guys every cycle until you build enough depth there where you have a two deep that you're excited and and feel good about. So they're going to have to do a better job there. I agree with Commandant. They need help at a lot of spots, and the portal may not be the – the magic bullet for it all, but you got to try. Like you have to continue looking at the portal to try to find solutions while you rebuild the depth through the recruiting. Lord Croy says, Ryan, you're nuts. If you think what we need at running back, if you think, if you think we have what we need at running back, we have, we need someone with more shiftiness and quickness, Aker and Yakimeli should be fullbacks. So, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I think the overall – I don't think Aker and Yakimeli are your one and two. Um, and maybe I, I didn't – wasn't very articulate on that. I think with the three guys coming in, plus Aker, Yakimeli, White, and I think Malusi's coming back. And, again, I preface that by saying I think Malusi's coming back. I think that's enough at running back because I, I, I really like the three freshmen coming in. And running back is a spot that freshmen can typically – it's not as big of a curve to step in and play right away. So – that's where I'm, I think if those three are coming back and Chez is here, how many running backs do you need on a roster? I didn't think Aker and Yakimeli look bad this year. They're not they're not one A guys, but they can play. If that if Aker and Yakimeli are your four and five or your three and four, uh, and Chez is one of your top guys, and Dylan Jones is maybe your other guy, and Debris getting in there, I think that's fine. I, I really do. Now, if Chez doesn't come back, um, I think then you'd probably go maybe find somebody in the portal. I just I don't think it's that bad with the three guys coming in, I guess, but we'll see. Another one from Tim. He said, You guys seriously like Aker as our guy next year? He's a fullback. Uh, he says that's crazy. Again, I, I'm not saying he's our guy. I'm saying I thought he looked fine as a guy who can play, right? If if he's your third guy, that's fine. I, I truly believe that. He can catch the ball, he's physical, he has burst. 
I mean, what is, what is he was he averaging on the year this year? I, I don't actually know. I bet you it's around four yards a carry. Um, hold on, I'm gonna look it up right now. Jackson Aker, let's see. Yeah, four point one yards per carry. If that's your third guy, he's good, and he's gonna get better. Like he's going to get better. He's he's still transitioning to be that halfback. I think that like, you're right though, Tim. Like I don't if he's if he's the guy next year, that's a problem. If he's your third guy and Ches and Dylan Jones or Ches and Dupree. Or if he's in a timeshare at your third spot with Debris and Dylan Jones is your two, I think that's fine. I really do. Um, I asked about biggest needs next year. Ari Devine in our live show just said pass rush. I think this is, and he capitalized it. Ari, I think you are dead on. This is 100% accurate. This team will not do any real damage until that front seven is upgraded. 100% full stop, period. Turn in the assignment. That's it. That is all stop, the biggest priority, bar none. That front seven has to be upgraded. It has to get so much more disruptive. We can't go into another year where we are unable to impact the, the comfortable level of a quarterback, opposing quarterback. We just we couldn't get disruptions. We couldn't get hits. We couldn't keep them in the pocket. We struggled against the run. We have to upgrade the front seven, specifically the defensive line. It has to get so much better. I, I agree with this completely, Ari. I think there were some bright spots. I think James Thompson early in the year. I think Barton down the stretch. It has. They need like four more guys to step up, and one of those guys could be Jamel Howard. I hope so. Uh, the freshman from last year's class. Uh, maybe Dylan Dylan Johnson could play right away. That's a big task for a true freshman, but he carries the weight while he's a wrestler. That spot has to get so much better, though. I 100% agree. Hooger says Dylan is going to be a dog. Yeah, yeah. Dylan Jones is going to be really good. I agree there. Um, let's see. This is from Mike. He said Dakuna, Ogard, and Holman are our cornerbacks next year. Yeah, I think O'Malley's going to play. And I think Hallman's certainly in there. I hope Snowden can find a role somewhere because I think he's physically uniquely talented. Uh, I think Chase Arnold is going to potentially find a role too because he is a 4-3 guy. Maybe it's like a slot corner. Chase Arnold can really, really, really run. And that speed is needed on this defense. So I think he could find a role. And it wouldn't shock me if a guy like Nizer Fork isn't that too deep as well. I thought he showed, showed flashes this year. Like, I think there's enough there that he could be a valuable piece going into next season. Uh, last question here. This is from Connor. Here's what makes me nervous. If Fleck gets let go, if he's on the hot seat, I, I don't want this to happen, but do you think uh, Jim Leonard would, would get a look at Minnesota? Would he take that job to get on? Jim Leonard, I don't think would ever take the Minnesota job. I think he cares too much about Wisconsin. I, I, I would be stunned if that ever happened. So hope I'm wrong on that, but I, I could never see that happening. Anyway, that is the show today. I wanted to get a bunch of your comments in. Thank you again for tuning in for all the everydayers. Thank you so much for tuning into Lockdown Badgers. If you want to go join our subtext, that's kind of just a, a unique way that we can do a few more things with this community. You get some more one-on-one -on -one conversations with me. There's some unique content coming up and that we already kind of put out on there. Um, plus, it's a way if you want to support the show. Uh, it's $5 a month. There is a free trial. So if you don't like it, you can jump out it whenever you want. No pressure. But the subtext is a way to kind of support the show if that's something you're interested in doing. Anyway, on Wisconsin, thank you all for joining in. I really do appreciate it. A bunch more content coming up this week on Wisconsin, and we'll talk later.